0: three church teachings that are holding you back as a trauma survivor you've tuned in to when your mind becomes the scene of the crime podcast i'm dr linda f williams i take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power tap into the truth of who you are and live your best life now there are three teachings that we learned in the church that hold back trauma survivors. Now, these things are going to be controversial to many of you, but I have got to speak out about these because I've seen too many God-loving individuals with trauma backgrounds who wound up going back to the painful past. And I know at least one personally who wound up going back and dying in that life. I can't remain silent. I have thought about doing this video for a long time. But now, after hearing Sarah Jakes apology. For the church. I'll link that below. It was on Dawson Speaks. I just can't. I got to speak out about it. Now the premise of whose apple is it anyway. It was driven by the very things I'm talking about today. So I'm going to intersperse some of the audiobook along in this narrative. But let's go to the three things first. Number one. We have been mistakenly taught that our flesh and those of you who know the church know what I mean by that, that the flesh is our enemy is to be denied at all costs, turn from it. The, the truth of the matter is that when, when I think about what they mean by the flesh, We connoted that with a sinful nature, backsliding whatever kinds of sins that we were a part of on a regular basis before we came into the church. We all put that under the umbrella of flesh when the truth of the matter is that it's a matter of our minds that are the issue here. So here is my definition of the flesh from the book in the flesh, carnal. The word carnal has gotten a bad rap in Christian circles. When we're acting out, we're told we're in the flesh. We're told to stop being carnal. It's a catchphrase for sin. Who knows what it really means to be in the flesh, let alone how to fix it. While the Bible clearly says not to be carnally minded, I didn't understand how that looked in real life. I went to the root of the Greek word to learn its intended meaning. Exposed flesh after pulling back the skin. Roadkill animal carcass. The human body. Human nature with its frailties physical, moral, and emotional. Human being as such carnally minded. A symbol for the external as opposed to the spiritual. Spiritual. We're not skinning anybody here, and I don't think any of us are roadkill. So for purposes of this discussion, carnal means human nature with its frailties, physical, moral, or emotional. So as you can see, it's the human condition in all its frailties that are actually the fact of the matter when we're talking about the flesh. And the reason I've got an issue with this whole flesh thing is because It leads to a blame the victim mentality where trauma survivors are concerned. What has occurred and the pain that has been inflicted on our very souls is not a matter of, oh, you two in the flesh or, oh, It's your fault. You're not praying enough or or, no, you need to do some spiritual warfare. And when we go to church and we get in these prayer lines and then we get in the prayer chair or we are up at the altar crying over the same old thing for the 99th time in a row because we've seen no change in that area of our lives then it becomes oh you you don't have enough faith we have got to in the church stop ignoring multiple decades of sound behavioral science in the interest of the spiritual aspects That's like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We are body. We are soul. We are spirit. And you cannot major on the spiritual to the exclusion of everything related to our humanity. See, this is why, in my opinion, we're seeing high divorce rates even in the church. Why? Because we're ignoring the one thing we all share. Whether you are Buddhist or Baptist or Pentecostal or Atheist, if you are a human being in a human body, you all share humanity. And within that humanity are matters and aspects of everything we deal with as trauma survivors. So that's why if they're majoring on the spiritual to the exclusion of sound behavioral science, then we're only getting half of the thing dealt with. When we we need to be dealing with things from a behavioral science point of view, there's plenty of research out there. But if you grew up in a church like I've been in at different times in my life, then you've been pretty much shunned if you spoke out that you were getting therapy. And if you were getting therapy and you couldn't tell them it was strictly a Christian counselor, Or a Christian therapist. Then you got looked down on even more. And so what we wind up doing. Is putting on our church faces. Okay. And then we're looking at the person next to us. All dialed up and pretty every Sunday. They got on their church face. And both of y'all are sitting there traumatized to the bone. And nobody's getting any relief or healing. I am a born-again Christian I totally believe in Jesus but I also know that even though if he wanted to he could just snap his fingers and heal everything if he chose to do that he's capable I'm sure but we have got to understand that by a by a considerable measure very few of us get that snap your finger lay hands on me and I'm all healed kind of kind of relief. We we got to quit victim shaming in the church. People who need the sound behavioral science aspects of dealing with their trauma. And we must quit blaming the victims. It's not about a lack of faith. It's not about spiritual warfare, which brings me to number two, where they tell us that spiritual warfare is running up and down the aisles talking out loud in tongues, binding the devil, decree and declare. None of that does a gum thing to address our minds. None of it does. Spiritual warfare is not screaming at the devil. The true spiritual warfare, in my opinion, I'm no theologian, but in my opinion, is when we are obedient to God's leading. Now watch this. That's got to go to the core of who we are. If he wants to deal with us on a certain matter in our characters, what we have been trained to do is claim it's the devil. It's the devil. We get triggered. It's the devil. The Lord start dealing with us about some aspect of who we are that got twisted from the trauma and we're screaming and hollering at the devil. No, 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 no. We have got to address the core realities of being traumatized and that there are certain mental aspects that have to be addressed i ain't saying none of the spiritual is good there's a place for all of that it's beneficial but we have got to let people deal with the behavioral emotional and therapeutic aspects of overcoming the trauma you see this lady right here her name is Deb Ferren. And Deb, I met back in the 90s and she had come out of such a traumatic past. I think she had childhood trauma and everything to the point where she could never speak that out. She would. There was always something she was holding back that she couldn't tell my sister, who was a very good friend of hers and a roommate. So it would. She come to a point where she was about to tell her about something, and then she would shrink back, thinking it was just too bad to talk about. Anyway, she got in the church, and she was doing very well. She was very active in the church and had, you know, her assigned work and stuff in the church, and she was doing real well. She had a number of children. Well, my sister called me crying on the phone one day because this young lady passed away because she had gone back into the streets and back into the lifestyle that she left. She died like that. And it just set off a fire in me. I don't want to see another traumatized individual blamed for their conditions and the repercussions of what they're dealing with, shunned in God's house because they are struggling with something and expecting to get full relief and healing from the church, but they're not. So what you do, what do you do? I've seen it a million times. So what do we do? We church mask okay and we dress ourselves up all beautiful and we go to church and we praise the Lord how are you sister bless 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 you we naming it and claiming it and then we go back home to that same husband that's beating us up or we go back home to some other drama or we go back into our four walls and we still are hounded by the ghost's Of the past. And you can't talk about this. Because what you usually get is. Oh you don't have enough faith. Or you need to do this and do that. And It's almost like if traumatized people don't get an instant healing. From getting hands laid on them in prayer. That something's wrong with them. That they get blamed for it. No, 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 no. Spiritual warfare involves obedience at its core to God, and you got to understand, if you're a traumatized Christian, that it does not feel good when God starts digging in there in your character, layer by layer, to uproot the negative patterns that have developed as you have tried to survive the trauma. And it's not going to feel good. So every time he starts getting up under that, or for the 99th time, you're being misunderstood. Or for the 110th time, you're back into an abusive and unaffirming relationship. Or for the umpteenth time, you can't get along with your boss. I don't know what it is, but it's not about that. It's the boss's fault. I'll tell you, I was suffering through some stuff. And the boss that I had was really wrong, 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 wrong. And it was just hounding me. That mistreatment was hounding me so badly that one day my mother told me on the phone, Linda, you got to get over it. It's taken over your entire life and that's exactly what it was. Why? I was totally focused on the wrong that she was doing. I got off somewhere and fasted for, for a day, and this is what God told me. Yeah, she wrong as two left shoes, but there are things I'm trying to work out of you, Linda. My focus is on you. So as wrong as she is, we need to talk. Yeah. Okay. And it was many times like that. As a result of that, then, you know, okay, Lord, I'm going to submit to this. It was not easy. It hurt like heck. It's like a bad tooth. Yeah, that bad fella hurts. But it, it, the pain that you have after it's been extracted, it's easier to deal with than the constant pain and infection that you dealt with before you went to the dentist. And so I submitted in that to that. You got to know that there were many times that I had to shut up, suck it up and listen up because I wanted everything in me, wanted to fight back, to bite back, to, to, to defend myself. And he would not allow me to. So that went on for a while. And as I changed, my boss changed. We became very good friends. I mean, when I first moved into this place, she gave me free wallpaper, came in here, spent the day wallpaper in my kitchen, and we became very good friends. Now, what changed? I changed. I changed. I changed. And the other side of that is if I was going with strictly what I learned in the church, then I would have been every time she did me wrong, I'd have been binding the devil. I bind you, Satan, or running back and forth in my house, pacing and screaming in it in tongues. Praise, 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 and ain't a dang thing changing. So this is one of the dynamics that that I talk about in the book, and what drove that book is because apparently this is my calling. To, to talk to traumatized people and give them real down the earth rubber meets the road. Do millennium truth about what it takes to heal. Number three. All you need is Jesus to heal from your trauma. I think we dealt with a lot of that already. That's the core of why so many people for many, many years have been discouraged from getting therapy, emotional therapy, seeing a the therapist, seeing a psychiatrist, seeing a psychologist. I mean, some people have these chemical imbalances and it's a physiological thing that, that's affecting them. And you were shunned for taking the medication. Oh, God, help us. I got to give it. Now, Sarah Jakes was apologizing for all of this, but she doesn't need to apologize for everybody that did wrong. Her church, her dad is on par with what I'm talking about today. He doesn't poo-poo therapy and all of that. He understands that that has to go alongside dealing with our spiritual aspects. But I want you to understand as a trauma survivor that no, that's not true. It's not just Jesus. It's Jesus to the effect that we need to submit to how he wants to peel back layers. I went through seven years of that while I was writing the book. But he's dealing with core aspects of how our characters got twisted out of whack. So I want you to also watch... I'll put it at the end at the suggested video. My video introducing Fakenstein. Just remember that. And I talk about how trauma morphs us out of the people that we're supposed to be. So I just want you to understand from the aspect where they keep telling us that all you need to heal is Jesus. I want you to understand that there's a place for all of that. That that's good. That deals with our spiritual aspects, but when you got trauma ingrained in your very soul, some of you straight from childhood, then you also need to deal with the humanity aspect of it. Look, it boils down to this, y'all. They want you to have a mind of Christ. Okay, what the heck is that? Here, let me just play this part of my book. Listen to this excerpt. Have the mind of Christ. The human mind is God's natural enemy. Plain and simple, it is enemy territory. So don't fool yourself. It neither conceives nor perceives of purpose, mission, or destiny because these are spiritual matters. The mind isn't even subject to God's law, so it's up to us to handle our own business in this regard. The only way to do this is through our spirit, which is the part of us that connects with God. It will take God's direction, spiritual discernment, to navigate the pitfalls into which our minds trick us. Once we get our thinking in line with truth, we're considered to have the mind of Christ. Warning, when perfection becomes the goal, we are automatically enslaved to guilt and disappointment for never achieving some unrealistic, man-concocted nirvana set up as a pseudo-measure of faith or commitment to God. So if perfection is the focus, newsflash, if you have a belly button, you're a sinner, buddy. Your record is already ruined. If you're human with a heartbeat, you've already made mistakes. Accept it. Moving on. Now that's established. Answer this question. Everybody's talking about this spiritual nirvana, but who has ever made the grade in that respect? Trust me. Being human was no easy win for Jesus either. Check him out in the garden of Gethsemane before his execution. Even this man who was all God and all man had to deal with his humanity. Being human was no cakewalk for him either. Just because he's the son of God didn't mean his humanity was an easy win. He walked in the same human flesh with which we struggle. He had no more power over his human mind than we do. There is no mystery, just reality. It took an act of his will. He had to make moment by moment decisions to handle his business where his human mind was concerned. How Jesus did it is no mystery either. He knew his human mind was not going along with the spiritual game plan. He kept it in check by saying what God told him to say or do when God told him to say or do it. He did it one step, one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. In other words, it's a process that involves leveraging your will. Step one in that process is recognizing and accepting that as long as they are not subject to God, our minds are extremely vulnerable. Step two is being open to the change it takes to control the mind as opposed to the mind controlling you. So as you can see, he Jesus was all God in all man, Okay. And I take people to the Garden of Gethsemane, where they say that he sweat as drops of blood. And in that prayer time that he had before he went to the cross, he said, look, Lord, he talking to to God and him talking about, look, if there's any way that we can do this another way, I'm up for that plan. Yes, he did. Think about that. You were there when the whole world and universe was created, and you are part of the God that spoke it into existence. You come down here in human flesh for 33 years to accomplish your purpose in the master plan. Why are you talking about you don't want to do this when your whole point of being restricted in a human body for 33 years was all for this one purpose, this one moment? Why? Because even though he was all God, he was also all man. And I'm convinced that he was wrestling with his human mind in that moment. His human mind didn't want to deal with that reality. And I believe because we, we, we've we got this whole thing screwed up about predestination and, and free will, it's got to be one or the other. God gave us free will for a reason. He didn't put robots down here. And he has determined that anything that he accomplishes in this earth has to be accomplished by somebody in a human body, hence Jesus Christ coming here in the flesh to accomplish his purpose in the earth that we got to quit yelling at our flesh like it's a bad thing but back to the to the the garden of gethsemane in the garden of gethsemane his mind was fighting him the part of him that was all god knew that the whole purpose for him being restricted in the human body was coming to that moment and i believe in that moment like i think my sister told me that she believed that in that moment god told him he had to do it that I don't agree with. I won of course, but that I don't agree with because we have free will. I believe that God left it up to his son in that moment. And his son made the choice for destiny at purpose. Now, he could have said, no, I ain't doing this. Now, I don't know where we would all be if he'd have done that, but he had the room to do that if he had so chosen had chosen to do that okay so we have to number one quit thinking that our flesh is something rotten and ugly and that 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 uh It's to be avoided at all costs because you got to accomplish your purpose in the earth, in this flesh, in your humanity. Jesus didn't get a pass on that, y'all, and neither do we. So let's quit trying to fight our humanity because that's the one thing about us that allows us to relate to others that we're supposed to be a divine connection for. Number two. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, are just that, almighty. But you have to understand that you have a spiritual side and your humanity and your mind, will, and emotions, which makes up your soul, okay, have all been whacked up by trauma. So you can't just deal with just The spiritual and expect that to walk you through the healing that you need to go through. So we got to quit thinking that. Oh, so don't listen to that. If you don't need nothing but Jesus to heal you. Oh my goodness. Please help me, Lord. God ain't mad at you for having a, a human being human and having it to having suffered what you've been through. And he ain't mad at you because he understands he put therapists in the earth for just that reason. And don't you listen to anybody that tells you any differently. Okay. And we got to quit hollering and screaming, talking about the devil, the devil, when the Lord's trying to work crap out of our character. This is the deal. Yeah. You got a call it in a mission and you got a part in the master plan and you are a divine connection for others, but you can't fully be that. As long as trauma's got a grip on your soul. Yeah, you're going to be able to function to some degree and all of that. We all can through that crap. Look, I talked in a book about how I used to be. I could have everybody's attention just preaching my behind off. And you'd have to beep every third word because I was cussing like a sailor the whole time. That wasn't right. I couldn't stay in that condition. I'd be sitting here, I'd I'd be demonetized, knocked off of YouTube and everything. When I first started writing the book, the very first chapter, every other word was a cuss word. That's just how bitter I was. And as far as I was concerned, it was my book. I was going to write that book. I wanted everybody to feel the rawness of what I was feeling. And I didn't give a rip about cussing my butt off. But as I progressed writing the book, all of that went by the wayside. And as I began to change and grow and heal from my trauma, then I changed. I didn't have to be cussing all the time. To me, that I wasn't really wanting to do that. Now I ain't going to lie, y'all, right? Transparency, right? I could cuss like a sailor right dang now at the drop of my hat, but I choose not to. So. I just hope that this has been encouraging to you guys. Understand this, that a lot of times that's going to take your getting to truth about the world around you, truth about yourself truth has got to be the unbuilding standard that walks us through the darkness. It's like that light at the end of a tunnel that you can't see nothing in front of you, nothing to the side of you, turn around, can't see nothing in the back of you. But if you stay focused on that light at the end of the trauma's tunnel, then you will walk toward truth and into the sunlight. So I'm, again, I just hope this was helpful to somebody. I know it's going to be controversial to many. Okay, I get that. I'm just saying, this is the truth as I understand it. And I hope it's freed somebody. So you don't wind up like Deb Ferran leaving her children here because she has died in the streets. To me, that's a failure of our church. Always remember your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Join a membership. Give me a call. Links below so that you can know that truth. Thank you for joining me today on When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. Schedule your free breakthrough session now at lyndafwilliams.com. That's lyndafwilliams.com.